This happened a few years ago, while I was still in high school. I was 17 at the time. I grew up in a small town and my mother's sister and I had moved to a larger city. I was home alone with my little sister, who was three, as my mom regularly worked night shifts, and I was a built-in babysitter. It was winter, just before Christmas, so by about 5 p.m. it was essentially black outside. This happened around 9 p.m. I would let my sister stay up late with me, and once she fell asleep cuddling with me on the couch, I would move her to her room. It helped to eliminate temper tantrums about bedtime. So, we were laying on the couch when our dog started to lose her mind. Our dog was a big floppy basset hound named Matilda. She was incredibly sweet and would rarely ever bark, but at this point, she's growling and the fur on her back is standing up. I immediately knew something very wrong was happening, and I picked my sister up and brought her to the washroom, which had no windows. I sat her in the tub and told her not to move and I locked the door from the inside and shut it. I go back to the living room, my sister safe and sound, and grab my cell phone, ready to call for help if I needed to, when someone starts banging on my door like crazy. I look through the peephole, and I see a man standing outside, his face covered in blood. Matilda is still losing her mind, and she's trying to force herself between me and the door. My heart is pounding in my ears, and it feels like my stomach is about to fall out of my butt, and I have no idea what to do, so I move away from the door, and just stand there, silently freaking out. The banging gets louder, and then I start to hear voices, and yelling, and this guy is pleading with me to open the door. I go and look in the peephole again, and there's another guy there, beating on the blood-covered guy. At this point, I'm a small, defenseless 17-year-old girl, and there are two seemingly large men outside one of which is beating the crap out of another guy, covered in blood, as he's begging me to let him in my house. I finally call 911, I give them the necessary information, while I'm shaking uncontrollably, and they send police, fire and ambulance. I genuinely don't think I made any sense during that phone call. I'm surprised they were able to narrow down what my address actually was. When the scene was finally taken care of, a police officer knocks on my door. We later found out the bloody guy was jumped a block or two away and was beaten pretty badly. He made a run for it and made it to my house and the dude that was assaulting him caught up with him. At this point my dog is still going ballistic. My toddler sister is locked in the bathroom crying hysterically and I feel like I'm about to die from how much adrenaline is pumping through my body. I open the door for them and part of the front of it is covered in blood from the hurt guy pounding on it and I just break down. I'm still shaking and shivering from everything and I start sobbing hysterically. I manage to get my dog to relax enough to let the officers come inside and they help me get my sister out of the bathroom. Then they call my mom at work to tell her what's happened. They take my statement about the whole ordeal and stay with my sister and I until my mom gets home. Needless to say, that night my mom, my sister and I all slept in my mom's room. In hindsight, I know the hurt guy wasn't trying to scare or hurt my sister or I. He was just trying to get help, and I felt terrible that I didn't let him in, despite it being the right thing to do. But still, bloody face guy and bad man, let's please never meet. So I'm a male nurse at a large hospital in San Francisco. I work in the ER, and as is customary, Thanksgiving night, it was very busy. 
Now my wife is also a nurse for the same hospital. She works in labor and delivery. Between babies being born left and right and people coming into the ER, we hadn't had a chance to take a break together, as we try to do every shift. So when she called, I figured it was to say she wanted to meet up for a bite to eat in the cafeteria. When I answered, I heard in the background a male voice screaming profanities to my wife, who is fluent in Spanish, trying to calm this guy down. She told me their pager wasn't working and they needed a security stat. I quickly hung up, called for security, told my fellow nurses what was going on, and ran for labor and delivery, worried sick about my wife. When I ran almost smack dab into this visibly angry man, he wasn't huge, but bro definitely worked out and not at the gym. He was covered in prison tattoos, and he was obviously a banger. I work out regularly, but I knew this guy could kick my ass. He looked at me, gave me this sick grin, and started heading towards me, sprouting off in Spanish. I don't speak fluent Spanish, but what I could understand scared the crap out of me. I'm backing up as fast as I can. I start buzzing the door to the ER, frantically. For them to let me in. This guy's literally a foot away from me, and the door opens, and I'm pulled into safety by a doctor. Gangbanger punches the door a few times, makes a dragging sign across his throat, while grinning at us both. Next thing I know, the police rush into the corridor he's in, and it takes two security officers and two cops to subdue this dude. I finally make it to my wife, who thankfully was shaken up but unhurt. She explained to me what happened. A young girl, only 14, came in. High fever, vomiting, distended belly. The banger claimed he was her brother, and they needed to cut her open to get her baby. They did an ultrasound, and to their horror, they realized she wasn't pregnant. She had bags of drugs in her stomach. It's very common for drug mules to bring young women from Mexico carrying drugs that way. Homeboy freaked out when they informed him his sister needed emergency surgery. And no, he wasn't getting his drugs. Thankfully, the girl survived. But the sad thing is, she'll be going to most likely be deported when she recovers. So, gangbanger who wants to kill me, let's never meet. Stay the hell out of the Lachua, Florida rest stops. I'm a proud Floridian. At the time of this story, early 2000s, I was going to college in South Florida and lived with my family in my hometown in the Florida Panhandle. It's about a seven hour drive up through central Florida to get between the two places. So I mostly only went home for the holidays. It was Thanksgiving of my junior year and I was excited that I had managed to rearrange my midterms to be able to leave campus three days ahead of everyone else. I was expecting to beat the masses of traffic and was hoping for a quick trip back home. My roommates wanted to have a last meal together before we all left for break. So I ate in the campus dining hall around 4 p.m. And I set off on my journey around 5.30. Around 10 p.m., I had just passed the two-thirds mark, where I always stopped at this little mom-and-pop's type of diner by the side of the highway to grab a snack, use the restroom, and call my dad to let him know I was okay. I didn't have a cell phone yet. Well, I hadn't been there since summer, and the place was out of business. So a little bummed out that I wasn't getting my chocolate chip pancakes, I just kept going. 
There really wasn't much built up around there at that time. So when I saw signs for a rest stop in all the places on God's green earth, some random town called Alachua, I went for it. So I went and parked directly under the streetlight for safety and used the facilities, called my dad, etc. I didn't see anyone else there, except for a very exhausted looking woman who approached me asking for directions, saying she was with her husband and two small children from Virginia, and they had made a wrong turn trying to get to Disney. So I left the rest area and was walking back to my car, when I noticed a beat up, unmarked, gray or bluish work van parked close to the driver's side of my 95 Honda Civic. Yeah, okay, I thought. That's pretty weird. It had Florida tags on it, so it couldn't have belonged to the lady I talked to in the bathroom. I distinctly remembered she said she was from Virginia. I turned around and hightailed it back to the rest stop, promptly running into some random middle-aged guy with two boys. Getting to talk to him, it turned out it was his wife I had spoken to, as she emerged from the bathroom a second later. And I felt comfortable speaking to him. I told him I was freaked out by the van and didn't know what to do. He said he'd go check it out. So he left the kids with his wife and strode up to the driver's side of the van. He stood there for a moment before speaking. His voice awkwardly quivered. But we could hear him yell from where I was standing some hundred feet away. Excuse me, gentlemen. We already called the police, so I'm going to have to politely suggest that you get out of here. And then he ran back to us, grabbed his wife and kids, pointed me with a swift, you, and said, Come on, let's all get in the car, now. And we ran together. So here I was, confused, sitting in the back of a stranger's SUV, while he went and used the payphone to presumably call the police. Meanwhile, the van peeled out of there. They even ran up on the curb on their way out. They burned rubber. It was almost comical. The cops got there and I found out what happened. The man had gone to check on the van, and he could see in it pretty well, because I had parked under a streetlight. The first thing he noticed was that all the seats, except for the driver's seat, had been removed. There was a guy sitting in the driver's seat, and a guy sitting in the back, a tarp laid out, and a bunch of other random items back there he couldn't immediately identify. Neither of the guys were reading a newspaper or doing anything. They were apparently both just sitting there. It still makes me sick thinking about it. So, creepy guys in a van, let's never meet.